This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of The View from the Gladys Street podcast. I'm Ian Kroll. Everton collected all three points in their first home game of the new Premier League season with a 2-1 win over Southampton on Saturday. Goals from Theo Walcott and Richarlison was enough to make sure the 38,000 strong crowd went home happy. My guests this evening include long-suffering Everton fan and Lower Gladys Street season ticket holder Rob Astle. Hello Rob. Hello. A huge blue and a member of the Echo's online and print Everton fan jury Lee Moulton. Hello Lee. Hello. And making his first appearance on the show, an all-round top blue, Paul Wheelock. Hello, Hi, Paul. Hi, you okay? Yeah, not bad. Um, just basically wanted to um, see how everyone was feeling today after a, a great result on Saturday. Made yeah. up. Happy. Yeah, can't complain. Absolutely. Um, the expectation was there, wasn't it, before, and, and the, the, the lads delivered. Paul, what did you make of it? Yeah, it was just, it was like a breath of, breath of fresh air, wasn't it, really, compared to, to what happened last season. I think it was fairly clear early doors that it was it was going to be a different style of play and I know me and my dad were watching it and it was like when the the free kick went in you know the free kick routine it was like it was the most entertainment we've had in, in a year you know in a year really it was most inventive play we've had in a long time and it was just it, it wasn't perfect the performance but there were so many positives from it and you, you could tell couldn't you in, in the atmosphere in the ground how, how different it was Rob we said before and going up the game that the feel good factor was back wasn't it and you know, do you think, despite even if we drew that game or lost, do you think obviously we would have been disappointed? But do you think we would have been able to take positives from that game and say we know what Silver's trying to do? Yeah, definitely. I mean, from the off, I mean, there was a clear plan. That's that's the reason why. You know, under Allardyce and under Cooman, it seemed that the, the plan was not to concede first. But this was let's just kind of try and tear them apart from the off. You know, you had we we hunted in packs. The midfield absolutely dominated throughout, and. At one point during the game, I thought these could equalise here, but obviously they never. And but I even thought, you know what? I'm still taking positives from this because a new manager only had two competitive games. He's not. It's not going to work straight away. But you know, there's at least there's a plan there. And all the team seemed tuned into it as well. You know, no one really had a bad game. I thought they all looked like they knew what Silver wanted, and they all stuck to it. So mm. uh, yeah. It, it, we all would have been gutted, but it would have been, you know, nice to uh, uh, you'd have been able to look forward and say, you know, we can still we, we know where we're going with this. Yeah, Leah, expectations are a word, you know, banded around Goodison a lot over the past uh, couple of years. Do you think we've got some sort of um, realistic expectation now? You know, when we know it's going to take time under Silver. Obviously, we wanted to get that first win under the belt, didn't we, against Southampton? We did. And now we can we can move on basically, and you know see where we go from there. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. So we we did play well, and a lot of Everton fans now are enjoying the way we play, and we're actually playing attacking football, and all the crowds are, t- are, t- are together, to, they're not not divided like there was last season. And I think and and we are a lot of us are realistic enough to not expect us to, to get into the top six or top four straight away, but just just be more competitive, and we will. We win more games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Paul, the, there was much debate before before the game who would who would start in defence. We all we all said on the podcast last week, and a lot of Everton fans said that um, Michael Keane will would keep his place. But so it was kind of between the new lad Zuma and um, and Holgate. And 
I thought Zuma would go in personally, I thought he would. But you know, Silva showing a lot of faith in Holgate by by putting him in that team, it, it must give him huge confidence, mustn't it? Yeah, definitely. We've got to remember he's our player as well, Holgate, isn't he? Zuma's on loan and you know, ultimately we don't know if Zuma's gonna be here for the long term. So I was I was delighted to see Holgate. I, I like him, I rate him and I wasn't at Wolves, but by all accounts he had he had a good game alongside Keane and I, and I thought he was pretty good on Saturday as well, like, you know, mm. you know a couple of occasions where you know, they scored from a set piece, didn't they? And I know Southampton watched back the highlights yesterday because it was off, and uh, they had a couple of set piece opportunities. But he, he don't think he was directly to blame for any of them, and I thought he was pretty solid. And he gives us that pace that we've not really got back there, have we? I know Zuma might give it us, and I don't know about Mina, but you know, yeah, I, I was pleased to see him play. Yeah, and we've got so many options in defence now. Um, Holgate, as obviously um, Silver's shown Holgate faith, shown a lot of faith in him, but it's almost if you make a mistake you're out the team and, and someone else comes in obviously you've got Mina when he's fit but Zuma's basically straight in there if uh, something happens yeah there's actual competition now for places you know you're not, you, last season down to poor recruitment and probably even the season before it was you know you look at Baines you know Baines I'm not I'm not having a go at Baines here but his place was cemented as was Coleman's you know there was a few players in there who were just untouchable but now it's if you have a bad game where you start showing you know a bit of bad form, you know there's there's players in there who are willing to come in, and the players who need to prove themselves. Yeti Mina with a price tag of thirty two million, you know doesn't want to be seen as a flop. Kurt Zuma is probably playing for his Chelsea future in one, you know, in some respects, isn't he? He's mm-hmm. that, he signed a six year deal there. He's not want to not going to want to come somewhere and have a bad loan. So he's got to sign forces way into that team. I said to the fellow next to me at the match, Holgate made the great tackle in the first half. I can't remember who it was against, and I said it's his place to lose. You know, Silva did the right thing and kept faith in him. You know, he, he come on when Jags got sent off the other week, and I, I didn't see the game either. But from what I've read, from what I've heard, and what I've uh, what I've seen, Allgate did okay. You yeah. know, so it is to lose now, and there's no reason for me. Maybe in the cup game next week, maybe, but there's no reason why Silva should disrupt that now, unless, like as you say, there's someone as it goes into a bit of bad form. Yeah. Lee, does, does Zuma come in for the cup game then? Does Holgate keep his place again for uh, Bournemouth and Zuma comes in a couple of days later for the Rotherham Carabao Cup game? I would I would, I would keep Holgate in and 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 give Holgate a run against. For me, the, the one that's it's, it's got to worry about the place a little bit is Michael Keane. There was a few times on Saturday where Ings, Ings skinned him a couple of times and a lot of strikers in the Premier League now are fast mm-hmm. and Michael Keane struggles with fast, with fast plays and he's hard to turn. But I would keep Holgate in. and even in the, in the cup game, I play my strongest team. I don't like it when they when they start playing weakened teams. Yeah, yeah. Um, one negative from the game was obviously the early injury to to Morgan Snyderlin, who, um, you know, played quite well in the first in the first couple of minutes, replaced by Tom Davis. How much is a blow? How much of a blow is that to Everton's midfield? Um, yeah, it, it is. It is a little blow. He had he had start, he had start, start to, to, to play to play quite well, Snyderlin. Um, but but Tom Davis can come in and do, and, and do a job, um, but I, th- I think Snyder had, l- had a lot to prove this season anyway. So so I don't think it, it's it's that that much of a blow yeah. to midfield. Did uh, did Davis do enough, uh, Rob, to, to keep his place? Yeah, I think he did all right. Um, you know, it, I think once we went soon up, it was about control for us in that game. We just needed to make sure that we didn't do anything stupid. And I thought the midfield did all right. I thought Tom Davis and Jessica Ganagay both did the jobs well. My only gripe with Tom Davis is, and I, I feel like he's running through cement sometimes, mm. he doesn't look quick enough. 
Now, I don't know whether that's just him being off the pace or whether that's through not getting a run of games or whether that's through... That's just how he is, but that's my only real problem with him and I just feel like sometimes a game can maybe bypass him or, or a, a quick midfielder could easily outmuscle him or bypass him and just go right through him. That's probably going to be what he's got, got to need to work on really going forward if he wants to k- keep that place in the Everton midfield because mm. right now you've got obviously you've got Schneidlin, you've got Andre Gomez, you could probably drop Sigurdsson back if you wanted to and put play someone else further forward. There is options now and then for me, James McCarthy coming back, I think he would suit Marco Silva's style of play perfectly. And for me, if if if, you've, if you're asking, if I had I would pick all out of all the midfield, my two central midfield partners would be Gay and McCarthy, because mm. they just completely harass defenders, uh, mid, mid, the rest of the midfield, and should be able to dominate games. Yeah, Paul, the the, the Davis one's an interesting one, isn't it? We we've talked about in the past how maybe he would benefit from a loan a loan deal to a championship side or or something like that. He Snardland went off, and Davis obviously was was next in line, but. When those options start coming back, like Rob was saying, the, the options that we've got, McCarthy, um, Bernard as well, um, Gomez, um, he's going to fall down the pecking order, isn't he? It, or like, did he do enough on Saturday to, to say that he was uh, you know, first in line, he, second he, in line? He kind of like set himself to high standards, didn't he? You know, when he, he broke into the team with that goal against City and, and it's just his performance generally at the back end of that last season. He's, uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it, with young players because sometimes... You can get on the backs because he's a scouser, you know, he's a, he's a local lad and the rest of it, and, and people think that you do, but that, sometimes you've got to look at him and go, his performances dipped last season, along with a lot of other players, and the one thing I think he can improve on also is, is sometimes his distribution, you know, he gave the ball away a couple of times on Saturday, but I actually think there's a really good player in there, and, you know, I really hope we, you know, persevere with him, but you're right now, like, when you, you roll out those names, they even forgot about McCarthy as well, to be honest, it's, it's going to be tough for him to to get in the team but uh, it's tough to, for him to get in the team and play but like for his development as well he just doesn't want to be sat on that bench and no is he going to want to go back down to the under 23s uh, with with Dave Dunsworth I'm not saying he's got an attitude problem like I'm not saying he'll say no but surely he's, he need, needs he needs game time I think one thing just what you're touching on there with is distribution no I think one one thing what Tom Davis does well is is he might lose the ball at times but one thing I do like about him, he does look for the forward pass. Yeah, that's a good point. Alton Schneidlin yeah. is this a guy, he's always looking to play that ball forward. And if you're saying there about a potentially a loan move for him or a drop back down to the under-23s, it's up to him to prove himself like everybody else in this team now. This team all know that they're fighting for the for the futures at the end of the day under a new manager. So if he's in this team, if, if Schneidlin's not fit at the weekend, I fully expect Tom Davis to start, to be honest with you, because he didn't do anywhere near enough wrong to not justify staying in just like Holgate did yeah yeah no interesting um, Paul <laughs> Mark Hughes a lot of complaints after the game <laughs> on Saturday <laughs> <laughs> obviously his team lost so he's not going to be happy but there was one decision uh, that didn't go his way Jordan Pickford the challenge on Danny Ings what did you make of it uh, perfectly good clearance and yeah he, he followed through but you know we got the ball first and I know some people say oh keepers get away with murder a bit don't they because you know would if a defender had done that in that situation would he have been sent off possibly but he, he won the ball and to be honest with Mark Hughes he shouldn't be looking at that incident he should have been looking at the incidents of the numerous fouls that were taking place across that pitch I've never seen a team so like cynical mm-hmm. and dirty the entire back yeah. four were booked yeah 
accused Everton players of going down too easily as well. No, they kicked lumps out with Charleston in particular mm. in the in the first half. Like I've I've not seen a team they could have had eight or nine bookings on on Saturday without question. For a, and he, I know he's a manager, he's going to defend his team, but for a player, you know, it was hard and tough. You know, back in the nineties, you know, he did play for Everton. Yeah. May not be warming himself to Everton fans of over the past couple of years, but it's just a weird thing to say. Like, you know, surely, surely it was just a, a normal decent challenge from uh, Pickford maybe maybe he lost the flight of the ball slightly but like you said it was uh, he got the ball yeah yeah I, I, at the time you know you see things go down you think oh was, is there anything going to become of it but he, he won the ball didn't he he got the ball yeah, I, yeah, I, I just I just didn't see where Hughes was coming from and like as you said then I quite liked him when he, he played for Everson that short spell he had with the club but ever since then whether it's City or now Southampton he's always seems to have some kind of Gripe or bad thing to say, but I just thought he was he was barking up the wrong tree. To be honest, yeah. Robbie said uh, Jagielka was sent off for less last week. Do, do you agree? Yeah, I do. It, 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 like it's just been said there, Pickford has got a clean route to that ball. He's got every right to go for it. He's closer to the wall than Danny Ings. There's no way that that is a foul in it. Don't get me wrong. He, he, he's got someone was going to get hurt there. Whether it be if if Hot, if Pickford doesn't come in, then Danny Ings gets there and hurts Pickford. So someone's going to get hurt, and if you if you're going to say that's a foul, then you might as well just stop playing the game because it's it's just part and parcel, unfortunately. Yeah, do you know what he did hurt him, and it did look bad. You know, I think Danny Ings' shirt was ripped, wasn't it, at the back, hmm. where his studs went right through him. But it's never ever ever a foul ever, and. Mark Hughes, he's he's always been a crank, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he has. It's just and he, and, he, and in terms in terms of like his own style, he, he it was desperate from him. I thought. Yeah. It's not the first time he's been like that either towards towards us. And he, not, obviously, his team's been beaten, so he's he's not going to be happy, is he? But Lee played devil's advocate. But if it was just the other way round, and it was, um, <laughs> you know, uh, the Southampton goalkeeper. Sorry, I can't remember his name, but. If it was McCarthy. on McCarthy, yeah. If it was on um, Richarlison, would you be would you be screaming for a, a red card? I think we would. I, I think I think as as, as fans uh, from seeing it from, from seeing it first, I'm not I'm not saying that that picture should have been sent off. But when you see it, it's basically like, oh that that's bad. A bit, bit of a nasty one. Yeah, but he, but he, he did have to go for it, and I I I think, I think Mark Hughes is, is just so loose and it just sounds like sour grapes. But his team. Uh, teams often mirror the manager, and the way his team play is how Mark Hughes plays. Always, always kicking, always f- make doing fouls. Yeah, well, he managed Stoke as well, didn't he? Yes. So, <laughs> so, so we know what we know what they're like. He's like the grey-haired Allardyce, isn't he? <laughs> 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 he's not, he's not, not that bad. His name. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rob, just we just briefly discussed the performance there, but you know what? Like some great inter interplay between between Walcott's. Um, Sigurdsson, you know, in the middle of the park, not even just down the wings, we managed to find space in the middle of the park and exploit Southampton's defence, get in behind. How good was that to watch? Oh, it was brilliant. I mean, uh, compared to what we've had to put up with the, for the past two years, this was, this was like, this was just like a breath of fresh air. It really was. I mean, that got the chance that um, Walcott had to make it three-one. Just if, if you wide. if you look at the build-up to that, that that all he has to do is square that to Sigurdsson, mm. and you know you you're talking like a Barca style goal yeah. there. Yeah. Really, you know, it, yeah. it's that it was that good. But what I thought we did really well with the weekend was was is Marco Silva completely outthought Mark Hughes. 
he brought three strikers on in the end, Mark Hughes. He had uh, Danny Ings, Gabriandini, and uh, who did the lad? Shane Long, Long yeah. on the pitch. And what he did was he took a midfielder because he was open his full-backs get, could get forward. But what we did to freshen it up, we just brought, brought um, Nias on and Carvalt-Lewin. Yeah. And that just occupied their full-backs still. And we were still getting him behind. And th- th- there was cl- he knew what he was doing from... from from the kickoff, yeah. Marco Silva completely outthought him. Always got him behind, and we were always looking to put pressure on him every time they got the ball. And they didn't get that that Everton team last year would either draw that two two or lose that three two. Mm. No doubt about it, because they would we would have just invited pressure on ourselves. But we didn't do that. After their goal, Southampton didn't really have a chance. Mm. There wasn't any clear shot on goal. There wasn't any. Piff, I don't think Pifford made the save. To be honest with you, if, if truth be told, but. We just constantly kept stuck to our game plan and completely and really, really went at them. And if we're going to play that like that for the rest of the season, then you know we're going to do some damage. Paul Lee's warned me not to say his name, so I'll refer to him <laughs> as the previous regime. <laughs> <laughs> but um, as Rob just pointed out there, the substitutions that Marco Silva made. Do you think the previous regime? would have put a defender on or another potential hold midfielder rather than two attacking players um towards the end of that game yeah without question without question it was uh it was refreshing you know there was the only one point where i was moaned was when guy took that free kick in the end and he passed it into yeah. the middle <laughs> that was the only time i yeah, think yeah. The, the crowd moaned because it was just refreshing wasn't it you know to, to see us go at a team yeah. because last season even though that that man's home record was actually pretty decent <laughs> you can't really remember too many games have been memorable can you they were wins but they were you know, pretty horrible affairs but, but it was always hanging on wasn't it yeah so, you know bringing yeah. a defender on five defenders was, at the back it was a, it was a similar game as, as Leicester I remember we played last year Leicester last year and beat them so I remember we did win the game but in the previous regime <laughs> it's I think once Leicester got that penalty they were all over us yeah yeah and it was like what but to this game was just the complete opposite. We were still attacking them. We could have we could have scored four. Uh, Lee, we stayed solid in defence, didn't we? But we we kind of stretched the game as well because the long balls over to the ass. Although he wasn't he wasn't brought on to hold the ball up really because he he can't just touch his touches is terrible. We know that, but he just causes havoc, doesn't he? In the ass when he comes on. Yeah, yeah, he does. At at times, though, his, his touch can be all right. I think I think that, that, that's a little, a little harsh, but. But then when Calvert Lewin came on, and and we were we were always we were always playing it wide, and, wh- and when you, when you're doing that and occup- occupying the fullbacks, the fullbacks can't get forwards, and it, and it w- we'll always put put the, the other team under pressure, and they always say attack is the best form of defence. Yeah, um, I want your your man of the match and your top three players from the game as well. What are, who are you saying? I would t- say in third place. I thought it was Sigurdsson. Second place, I thought Walcott's had a very good game, but, but Rich Allison for me, I thought he was my match against Wolves, and I thought he was my match again on, on Saturday. He's, he's so exciting to watch, and, and then and after every game, he gives a shirt to wear as well, which I'm sure the manager won't be happy come the end of the season when he's running on shirts. But he's just, he's just such, such, a, he's such a good footballer, and Rich Allison was my match for me. Rob, who are you? Top three, and you're, you're, you're number one man of the match? Me top three, Gilfie. He was absolutely spot on all game, didn't stop running. I thought that Jesse Gay dominated the midfield. Richard Allison will rightly get the plaudits, but I'm going to go a bit left field here and go for Jen Tosin. Right, I thought right. he led that line absolutely brilliantly all day. He caused havoc across their back four until I think it was the 75th minute when he went off. He didn't stop running, and it was a bit of a thankless job from him, but 
he made sure that they didn't their, their centre half didn't get a minute on the ball, and he was at, he was brilliant. Yeah. But my man of the match, Sigurdsson. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree with Lee. With uh, man of the match, I picked Richarlison in second with Sigurdsson. But then I went for Holgate just purely for the mm-hmm. fact that I felt he. I know we can see the goal, but for Silva to put that much faith in him and him to perform that well. Um, yeah, I just felt that was that was my top three. Paul, are you saying? Yeah, I think I'm going to go over similar names, but it probably shows how many good performers there were. No, but exactly. I, I, yeah. I'd, I'd say man the match. I'm with you, mate. I'd, I'd go Sigurdsson. I just thought he was he was fantastic. Like you know, he's we we know he can press and we know he can play, but he just looked energized, didn't he, with the rest of the team? I I don't I don't know about you guys, but that's the best I've seen him play. And, and even his, his set pieces his deliver- were better. Oh, than his good, deliveries were, they? were brilliant, weren't they? Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then after that. Probably giving all the credit to the attackers, but I really like Walcott. I think he improved the team like immeasurably from when he came in in January. Yeah. And then yeah, with Charleston, not only is he he's a good player, he's just like a little star, isn't he? Yeah. It's like I can't remember yeah. the last time uh, there's been a signing like that. You know, who's really you know become like a fan favourite. Yeah, like I've got a five-year-old son, he's mad into footy now after the World Cup, and he's he's come with us this season, and he loves him. He absolutely yeah. loves him. He's like saying, "Give me a kit, and I'm gonna need number thirty on." But I just can't remember the last kind of player we had you know, like that. maybe Lukaku I don't know but you know yeah. he's playing up to the fans though as well isn't he you can yeah. see on his Instagram his Twitter yeah. which is which is great do you know what I mean um, obviously it's a bit of self-publicity but who cares do you know what yeah. I mean he's he's yeah. he's signing he's signing uh, share to the fans and you know uh, the fan, fans are loving him like you said your lad is so it's uh, it's, it's great I, mm-hmm. I, I love it I think as, just touching on there as well what he did what he did was as well he, I think he spoke this week about what he what he what his ambitions are yeah. And you know, past bigger players who we've signed, you know, the likes of Lukaku, you'd always knew from the off it was a stepping stone for him. He, you know, he was quite openly honest about it. Yeah. But Richarlison was saying, you know what, you know what, I'm here for Everton and yeah. to do well for my national team. That was it. You know what I mean? That he wants to do well for us, not for himself. Yeah. And you know, if we can match his ambitions, great, because we'll go, we'll go, we'll go places with with players like him. And he's only going to get better, isn't he? Yeah. You would like to think develop yeah. and stuff like that. <laughs> The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Um, one player who's going from strength to strength is uh, the captain. Well, the captain for the day, Seamus Coleman. There's been a lot of uh, you know, advocation for Seamus Coleman to be captain, um, especially on this podcast, and a lot of Everton fans out there. Paul, how, did, how well did he do yeah. as, as a leader and a captain? Yeah, well, I thought he had a, a decent game, not amazing, not not bad. I thought he had a, a decent game, but we know all his qualities, don't we? You know, if he's a 7 out of 10 every week, that's great. But as a captain, yeah, I think there was one point where things being picked up, hasn't it, on, on Twitter and stuff like that, where Hughes was having another go at the mm. linesman and he came over and I think he told them like, basically where to go kind of thing. And that's him, isn't it? He kind of like... Mm-hmm. He just typifies the, the like Evertonians, and you can you can see how much how, how highly he's regarded. Like he's the one one the person certainly last season. I, I remember actually singing a song about. Uh, but yeah, so I know I listened to last week's podcast and uh, totally agree. You know, it jags. I'd, I wouldn't rule right out his, off his Everton career because I'd never do that because he's been too good a servant for us and you never know what's going to come. And even last season, I thought he was our best centre-back by miles. I know he's probably not saying much given Keane's form and Ashley Williams, but uh, yeah. I'd never write him off. And as long as he's here, I still think he's the club captain. But yeah, to me, Coleman's the, the team captain going forward. Rob, I think probably about 90 to 99% of Everton fans wanted um, Coleman to be captain. I, I did hear a... You know, a few saying Leighton Baines maybe deserved it, but I was unsure whether he was going to stay in the team, obviously because of the, the sign of Lucas Dinier. Um But 
<laughs> has Marco Silva, in a way, listened to the fans, or is it is it something do you think he's seen on the training pitch? Because, you know, do do managers listen to fans? They obviously listen to people in the club. Don't get me wrong, but it's got to be something that he's seen on the training pitch where he's thought. He's he's my captain when Jagielka is uh, is gone. It could be a bit of both, you know. I mean, Seamus Coleman's always been Seamus Coleman, hasn't he? You know, he he's always been since he made his debut. He's always been that that character and uh, within the team who like, if you want someone, if you're gonna start on someone, you don't start on Seamus Coleman. <laughs> basically, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's he's you know the lad's tough. You know, he's had a really bad injury as well, and he's come back and he looks just as good. And but I do, I think, I, I think. He's all because he's a fan favourite. We knew Jagiel was leaving. I think he is the next, not leaving. Sorry, you know, potentially, you know, c- coming off the team. Yeah, he's probably the most senior member who would probably be warrant the captain's armband next to Leighton Baines. And maybe Leighton Baines is probably a little bit too quiet. But to me, I just want the biggest snare possible as my <laughs> captain. Yeah, you know, I, I want someone who's going to stick up for every single player on the pitch will run over at every given argument and give the referee loads or give the opposing manager loads. That's what I want in, in my captain. You know, someone who's gonna who you've got faith in to get them going all the time. And I think he's probably the only candidate really within that team now who, who can do that. Yeah. And and I think Silver probably has seen that in training and potentially looked at past games and it maybe even listened to the fans as well and, and and done it. So yeah, I'm happy with that. It's early days, isn't it? But there was a—I don't know if you, you noticed it. There was a moment in—I think it was the first half—where uh, there was a, an offside uh, decision given, and we we got the free kick, and Coleman was just having a go at the linesman. Whether it, I can't—I don't know whether it was because he was late or, but we got the free kick. You know, he wasn't abusing the referee, but he was—he was, he was oh, sorry, the linesman, but he was letting him know he was there. And we we just haven't had that, have we, for for years? No, no we haven't, and, and that's something that, something that we need because all the great teams have had that in the past. Man United, Liverpool, how many times have Man United surrounded the referee and Arsenal? And uh, so we need, we need that rather than our captain just walking away. And even even when it comes down to penalties, we've seen in the past players arguing about taking the penalties. Yeah. We want the captain to grab the ball and say, right, he's taking the penalty yeah. and not you, not you. And, and not just because somebody fancies that day. And, and Coleman has, has, has shown when he's been captain for Ireland. And Silva's probably seen that as well uh, like last season. And thinking, yeah, I, I want him to be my captain. Yeah. And I think she, I think she'll be captain now for the rest of the season. Even if Jagiel comes back, I think he should be still Coleman. Yeah. All right, moving on then. Um, we we're just talking about before we came in the podcast um, the future of Adam Ola Luckman. Um, there's been reports of a Everton demanding twenty eight million pound for a, um, from Leipzig for the services. What, what, what do what do we do with Luckman at, at this moment in time? Is this this attitude situation seems to have just gone from bad to worse over, over the summer. Um, he quite clearly wants to leave the club. Do we just stand our ground and just just say you're staying at least till the end of the season? I, I think it's unfair to say he's had you know a bad attitude because what have we seen of him? We haven't seen anything. I yeah. think he may have come on on Saturday to be honest with you if we'd have made the game safe because Charleston, as you some said before, we were getting Charleston was getting kicked left, right, and centre, wasn't he? You know and. I think it's unfair to, to talk about his attitude. I mean, I mean, I know we got. I, I believe he got a few minutes at the end of the Valencia game, and he didn't look interested. You know, it's a friendly at the end of the day. Well, he didn't play against Wolves either, not because he wasn't fit. It was because it was down. Yeah, it was, yeah, he was. He was fit. You know, and then he, you know, Marco Silva said he trained well all week, and that's why he was in the team. And but it's it, it's a strange one because 
part of me thinks, you know what? If we can get, we pay what do we pay for them? Eleven million. Something we, like that. If we can pay that money for someone and maybe get thirty back off a player who's played what less than ten games mm. for the club, great. You know, Marcel Brands has played Leipzig like a, you know he's played them there and got and got a great deal. But at the same time, we're potentially losing losing we've losing Yannick Balassi. We've lost Morales. We've lost Vlasic. You know that leaves three wingers at the club. You know in in uh, Walcott and Charleston and Luckman, so mm. we can't really get rid of them in, in that sense. Like you said, do we, well, give we can't them? replace them either now. We can't replace, no. yeah, because, no. you know, in, uh, well, until January anyway. You know, I think Bernard could p- potentially play out wide, but, you know, it may, wouldn't make sense to sell them now. I think it's too far gone. And if Silver, if what Silver has said in the past, where, you know, he's, he, what was it, Ever- he's part of Everton's uh, mm. present and future, and then, you know, Silver's going to probably look a little bit stupid, but... I suppose money does talk eventually if they're coming mm. in with that kind of money. <laughs> they what's so good about uh, Leipzig and Germany? Why is he? Why does he seem so desperate to go there? I don't. I don't know. Maybe because when he went there alone last season, he was played, and and I just uh, like 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 Rob said, it would be silly to sell him. But there's all the, a lot of Everton now haven't played him and thinking why why aren't they playing him? Mm. Is there is there a reason? Does he not train properly or is there is he homesick? I don't know, but, but it's, it's the reason why. But if we if we could just if 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 he if he definitely doesn't want to stay, I'd sell him. But it, but if 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 there's not not that in it, I'd keep him and then and then we can use him by bringing him on, on the bench and then play him in some games yeah. and then maybe give him till January the end of the season and then with a run of games and and then if he's no good, he's no good. But but if he is good, well then keep him. Yeah. Paul, I'm going to use the, the comparison of uh, the same situation that Luis Suarez in Liverpool a couple of years ago. And obviously he's probably not he's not the same calibre of, of player, but Suarez wanted to leave, demanded to leave, and Liverpool stood firm. A couple of weeks ago, I was kind of the opinion that we should do the same. You know, he's got plenty of uh, time on his on his contract, uh, Luthman, um, and he should just get his head down and, and start playing. Now, I'm kind of thinking, even if he, he does stay, He's not. He's not like Suarez, where he was going straight back into that team, and he was going to have a, a huge effect. Don't get me wrong. We know he's got potential and quality, but he's not going to go into that team and, and start winning games, is he? We've got players there already, like who are better than him. Do we just, you know, twenty-eight to thirty million? It's looking at. Do we just cut our? Well, not cut our losses, but do we just just bank it and just say, be gone with you? Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of a bit, a bit, a bit on the fence about Luckman. Like I can remember when he came in. Obviously, got the goal against City, didn't he? And then. He had a really good run in the team, and I remember there was a game. I think it was at home to Sunderland, and he j- his confidence dropped during that game. And he, I remember that. Do you game. remember that? Yeah. He, 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 something yeah. just happened, didn't it? It was like it was almost he realised, oh God, I'm in the Premier League here. You know, couldn't take a man on, couldn't do anything like it. Yeah, I remember that game. And I don't know if he's ever been that player since. And it was that amazing run in, in the derby, wasn't it? The the cup game, and he scored a couple of goals in the Europa League last season, but. I just think he's one of those players. He's undoubtedly, obviously, got potential and ability. That's all it is at the moment, isn't it? Potential. Mm. But is he? Is he got better the more he's not played? Do you know? But but then again, at the same time, he's gone to Leipzig and they're one of the better German clubs. It looks, and the fact that they're going to pay nearly thirty million for him suggests that there's a the real player in there. But mm. I don't think it'd be a disaster for us to sell him now. But as Rob was saying, then then what you touched on, Danny, and as well, it's is it good for Everton to sell him? I'm not sure because it only takes Richarlison picking up an injury yeah. and then he's in the team possibly, you know, and I just, even though it'd be really good money, I'm given, given Silver's said, listen, he's our future. Again, like you were saying, it, it makes him look a bit silly, doesn't it, if we sell him two weeks later. I'd personally keep him. But I don't 
I don't think he's as important as a player now as, as no. maybe it's made out. Yeah, yeah. well, I, th- I think that's because I think last season maybe we, we were panicking that why do we need to get rid of this young, you know, young talent? But he's not going to come on and, you know, he might take plays on, he might even score a few goals, but for a, he's not going to start, is he? And be able to do what Richardson does, where he's if he loses the ball, he's going to run after it straight away. And run back. he didn't for me seeing that type of player with hard work off the ball. Where at the moment everyone in that team is like doing that. I don't know. Yeah, to, to be fair to him as well, like he he might have gone over there, and he sounds like he's done pretty well. You know, and they're willing to pay big money for him. He might just fancy it. Mm. You know, that's not that's not nothing against Everton. You 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 wonder why, but he might just fancy it. And it's he was just desperate to go out on loan, wasn't he? As yeah. well, like at the time when Allardyce, um, obviously, I've just said his name. I can't <laughs> <remember> <laughs> when, he, when he was there, so it was. It's, it is a weird one, and it, it's a bit annoying because you know you want him to do well and you mm. want him to succeed in an Everton shirt, but if he wants to go, he wants to go. I think. I mean, I don't know when the German window closes. Actually, I'm not entirely sure when it is. I think it is the end of August. Is the end of August? Yeah. yeah. I think once the window closes, and if he's still an Everton player. He's got no other choice then, but to to get his head down and work hard, like every other single member of that squad has. Everyone else is everyone's got a clean slate there, and it's him included. And you you only saw it on Saturday the effect that this manager's had. So let's get through this window with Luchman, and let's see what he's like when he's got to get his head down yeah. and when he's got to when he's got to really try and perform. Because if at the end of the day, if he doesn't perform or if he doesn't get in the team. I like they're gonna come back in for him in next next year. What if they find another option? What mm. if they find someone from their academy? Maybe that's what he's worried about. You know, right? and and you know, I think once the window shuts, if he's still a, if he's still in an Everton shirt, I think we might see a different player. That's my personal take on it, anyway. Yeah. Um, just one other player who was linked with the move away uh, the past couple of days was uh, Nias the Galatasaray. Whether it was a um, a loan deal or a a, tran- a, a payment transfer. Um, Obviously, there's plenty of time left for players to leave the club, but Nias be one that you keep, Lee. Yes, it was because I think for 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 me, he's our second choice striker. I think I think he offers a lot more than Sandro does. And okay, we got Calvert Lewin as well, but we haven't got a lot of attacking options. So we are short in that area, yeah, aren't we? So to let him go on loan it doesn't make much sense at all. Because and if it, it, it proved last season, he can score goals in Premier League. He might yeah. not be the great centre forward, but he can score goals. Yeah, it's Paul. It's, we've got like almost the perfect uh, two options to bring off the bench I think going forward you've got Nias who as I mentioned before this isn't a criticism criticism of him by the way he is a little bit erratic isn't he when he's <laughs> yeah. got the ball you know his legs <laughs> and Just his arms no that's what it is isn't he? That, that's the type of player that he is so Silva we, we were hitting the ball long um, and you know we was causing Southampton all sorts of problems he nearly got in and uh, was nearly clean through and nearly scored the other option we've got is Calvert Lewin, who's big, strong, can hold the ball up. Again, um, probably the type of player who's not uh, going to start the, the ninety. But Nias is certainly a player who is going to cause defensive uh, defenders problems, especially in that the last 15, 20 minutes if we're if we're looking for a goal. Yeah, and I, th- and I think the one thing he's got above uh, Calvert Lewin, I really like as well. I think there's a player in there. Yeah. He's a goal threat, doesn't he? He, he always, yeah. you always think he could score. It might go in off his bum or his <laughs> knee or something like that. But you just, you know, just you just, scores, you think he? he could score. And 
it just depends if he's happy being that backup striker because as we were saying before Tosin's going to be the number one isn't he, he played well on Saturday just I, ho- I hope he is I hope he's uh, you know he's willing to stick around and he's played on the silver before hasn't he so I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll get game time yeah um, Rob just talking about um, competition for places there's in my opinion anyway so I don't know if you agree with this probably three positions where we're a little bit short but we've got quality in there the right back position Seamus Coleman um, the goalie, Jordan Pickford, again, quality, and Tosin. The, but they're three areas, aren't they? If, if we get injured, if we get players injured in that area, it changes, area, thing, it changes. It, it changes things yeah. massively, especially mm-hmm. the right-back position. I know John John, uh, John Joe Kenny can come in, but he's never going to do a, a good a job as, as Seamus Coleman. Yeah. Um, is that going to hinder us? As well, at least before January, until we've got a, a chance to address that situation? Uh, I think we can plough through till January, but I do think you'll see us go on the market in January. To be honest with you, especially for a striker, it needs to be a striker. Yeah, it needs mm-hmm. to be. A stri- I th- and to be honest with you, I think, I think we obviously we identified, it, it obviously towards the latter end of last season, what we actually need and things like that, and we just got toasting in. So we were trying to see how we, you know, how he beds in and whatnot. But I do think now Brands has come in and he's got what he actually was looking for, primarily. I think now I think that the key part of it is is, is to get an, a second striker in. I personally thought we might have even gone in for Batshuayi um, on low, maybe towards the end of the, the window. We didn't, unfortunately. I think he's gone to Valencia or he's gone to Valencia. Um, but yeah, it we are screwed probably if 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 we do get bad injuries in that mm-hmm. in them areas. But at the same time, no. I do think we've got goals all over the pitch now, and we don't have, just have to rely on the striker. Yeah, it was almost like Tosin like sacrificed himself for the team a bit on Saturday, didn't mm. he? Like, yeah. why let the other three, you know, go about the business? Yeah, I, I, I hate to bring them up in, in an Everton podcast, but he's obviously not as good yet. But hopefully, he can be. But it kind of reminds me of the the Firmino role. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's got at Liverpool. Absolutely, it's yeah. a thankless job. He's a warhorse. He holds the ball up and he brings Salah and Mane into it. And hopefully, Tosin can do the same for the Charleston yeah. and um, and Walcott, which he did on. Which he did on Saturday, you know, he had the two centre halves completely occupied, and the other two couldn't handle the uh, our wingers. Yeah. And hopefully, that I think that's going to be what we're looking to do for the rest. Of the, well, until maybe January when we pull in another striker, maybe when there's potentially another part of the plan. Mm. The thing with Firmino is though he, he does score goals, doesn't he? Does yeah, and that's in, what so Tosin does need to yeah. do to probably add to our. He's going to have to get but what between ten and fifteen, something maybe. like that. Yeah, yeah. To, yeah, you know, obviously he's contributing to the team, but. You know we can't just rely on Walcott, yeah. Richarlison, and, and the rest of them. He, he needs to be mm-hmm. the, the main one, yeah. and you know he's because he's going to be under pressure in January, especially if we're yeah. saying here now come in and buy a striker. Because if he starts banging them in and he's already got ten before January, mm-hmm. you might look at it and go, well, maybe maybe we don't need to. Maybe we could wait till the summer. Yeah, um, but obviously yeah. injuries and uh, bookings and suspensions are going to mm-hmm. uh, play a part in that. Moving on, then um, probably the the final segment of this podcast. Uh, Next game, Lee, you're going all the way down to Bournemouth. Yep. Uh, Bournemouth have had a, a better start than Everton. Two wins from two, Cardiff and West Ham. Um, our great friends, West Ham. Um, we've had a bit of a mixed record, haven't we, against Bournemouth, mm. especially away anyway, since they've been promoted. Just have a look at the record we've got here. We played them, since they've been promoted, we played them seven times. This is home and away. We've drew one, won four and lost two, and the both of those losses... I've come away from home. How do you see it on Saturday? Yeah, we, we haven't we haven't won since, since down there since, since they've come up. We've lost two and, and drew one, and they always give us give us a tough game. And 
I I I think if we, if we can if we can go down there and and get a draw, I I'll be happy with a draw, and and that just keeps us ticking along nicely, winning our home games and picking up points away away from home. Yeah. We just and and if we just keep keep playing the way the, the way we are. I think I think Bournemouth now they'll be be worried of us. That's where worry of Bournemouth. They'll be worried of us. Yeah. Eddie Howe be thinking, oh well, I'm worried about Rick Carlson, Walcott. I've got to, I've got to try and nullify the threat of these players rather than us going there and worrying about Bournemouth. Yeah, Paul. I, I'm, in a way, I'm glad Lee said it there that he take a draw because it's a it's an interesting one, isn't it? Despite Bournemouth having a great start and us having a um, you know a, a bit of a poor record down there. Are we are we in a position at the moment to say I just take a point or take a draw? Should we? Obviously, I know Silver's going to go out for the win. Don't get don't get me wrong, but as an Everton fan, do we not need to you know think that we need to go down here and and get all three points? It's probably one of those away games where you look at it at the start of the season like we are now and think if we're going to win away games, Bournemouth's like one of the places that you'd, you'd hope to do it. But that that's probably unfair to Bournemouth. They are like a, you know the one of those sides in the Premier League who are actually really good to watch, aren't they? And you know you've seen it in the the first couple of results. I watched the highlights again yesterday, and you know match of the day, and he looks excellent in the second half against West Ham. To be fair, West Ham look look a shambles a bit, but yeah, I just think it's all about maintaining this momentum. And as and as we were saying then about the fact that we've got West Ham and Huddersfield at home to come after that. Yeah, I don't think a point to be a, a bad result at all. But having seen what we've seen over these first two games, I think Silver will be going there thinking we we could actually win. Mm. Robbie. Would you would you take a draw now? No, no. Win. Got to uh, be a win. Like Paul just said, you know, you look at that fiction and go. And this is no disrespect to Bournemouth. Eddie Howe's done a great job there. He's kept them. He's kept them up in the Premier League on a budget. Um, but we should be looking at that game, especially the way our fo- our front three have started at tearing their defence apart. To be honest with you. Um, Last year against Bournemouth, we played into Bournemouth, Bournemouth fans by sitting back, and obviously, you know the, the the speed they play at that just didn't didn't uh, that that work for them. But this year, I think it's going to be a different kettle of fish, and I think we've got to go there. And we these are the games we need to pick points up because it, there's no easy game now in the Premier League, and and it's only going to get harder. And let's let's keep the momentum going. It, a draw, you start picking up too many draws away from home, then it starts getting. Oh, you haven't won away since you know mm. since X date, and and I don't want to get into that rut again like we did last year. I think it was I think it was the new year until we got it. Yeah, just before Christmas until we got an away win. Newcastle uh, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah you yeah, don't. Newcastle. Yeah, you don't want to get into that kind of rut. Let's get let's get the points on the board as quickly as possible because when you're up there, who's the next? Is the next away? Arsenal after that it yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday, yeah. Yeah. so even that's going to be tough in itself I know Arsenal had a bad start mm, yeah. I know that's a couple of weeks away because we've got an international but it, like there's not I don't think there's anything wrong in saying let's take a draw I just I'm glad you said it because I just thought yeah. as I had, a, I had a, a chat with someone in the week about whether we should would you take a, uh, take a point now and I just think we've got to go out there just go just going for the win and I know Silver to do that I just think as, as fans as well we, we probably should say oh, it's got to be it's got to be the three points Let's let's not forget it's it's uh, the home to the infamous three three draw at Bournemouth where mm. we scored in the last minute and then they scored twenty eight seconds later or something I think it was it was just I think since then I, I've always felt like we owed them one yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, we, know, I mean, I, we put six past them at Goodison I still felt no I wanted to use one I mean we've won four at Goodison against them since he's mm. been promoted it's just it's obviously 
it's just tough, isn't it? Like they yeah. are a good team, and they are small grounds, well. Yeah, you know, it's it's enclosed and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just you s- said there, Paul Eddie Howe, um, or you said Bournemouth are a really good footballing team. Eddie Howe was linked with Everton in the summer. Um, obviously, we've we've got Silva now, and I hope he stays for a good couple of years because that will mean that he's doing a good job. But Eddie Howe's still young. Is he? Potential future Everton manager in your eyes? He's an Evertonian as well, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, it was funny, like when Cumin uh, was sacked, and then it didn't really work out for Unsworth. He never really got linked, did he? How? Because it was like Deitch was like flavour of the month, and like I, I, I rate show on Deitch as well. I'm not saying he would have been the right man for the job, but I think he's done a good job in different, you know, different kind of style at Burnley, and it, it gone quiet on how because they weren't going through the best of times, but. Like what he's done at Bournemouth is unbelievable. Like they were in League Two like seven or eight years ago, weren't yeah. they? And like we was we were talking about like the style of football and stuff like that. You know, we could have come up to the Premier League and played like a user and Allardyce Gundy and, and, and grinded out results, but he he's gone at teams. You know, yeah. he's gone he's gone at Everton, you know, he's gone at Liverpool, he's gone at United, I think he's beat them all, hasn't he? You know, at, at their place. So I hope that Silver's here for many years to come, but if he it's just what more he can do at Bournemouth, that's the thing. You yeah. know, you wonder even if he was ever to come to Everton, whether he'd have to go to another job first, maybe a bigger job than Bournemouth mm. and prove himself there mm. before. I don't yeah. know, I don't know. Yeah. All right, Lee, give us your, uh, you go first and give us your predictions. You've got to pick a draw result now, haven't you? You said it's <laughs> going to be a draw. No, no, I'm only listening. Go on, what are, you, what are we saying for predictions? Um... I still think it's. It, I still think it's going to be tough down there. Don't get me wrong. I would would love loves to win, but, but I'm just trying to be careful with our expectations and and then not go into every game. Well, we can win that win the game. So so I'll so I'll still go for a one-one draw. One-one. Rob. Three-one. Three-one to Everton. Yep. Optimistic, <laughs> oh. that isn't it? I like it. Like, don't get me wrong. I like it. Paul. I was going to go two-two, but I'm I'm going to go three-two Everton. Oh yeah. Well, I'm. I want to win, and I think we should win, but I'm. I st- I think we'll draw. I think it'll be two-two. I think we'll we're still a little bit cheeky at the back, mm, yeah. but I still think we'll we're uh, and let's face it, Bournemouth as well as much as they play well, they do concede goals. Yeah. Um, I think that's one plus point that we've got on Saturday. On Saturday, we, we are facing a team who are going to want to come at us, and see what they are going to leave themselves open at the back. I think is it is it Daniels? They've got it left back yeah. or right back. Yeah. You know, he's going to want to bomb forward, and if he's got Richarlison or Walcott to think about. You know, there's going to be space there for the mm. space there for us, and I think the ba- I think the battle will be won in the middle of the park, really. And we're going to need the Jessica kind of Gray to be on top form again uh, to nullify any threat. But I, d- I just think we've got hopefully that little bit too much for them. I hope you're right. I think we'll leave it there for now, lads. <laughs> um, thanks for joining us. Um, if you want to join the debate on Twitter, and the the hashtag for that is View from the Gladys Street. If you want to find us on iTunes, the View from the Gladys Street podcast, all you need to do is search for Royal Blue. It's underneath that banner. We're also on Acast. Um, if you search for Royal Blue podcast uh, in the top right-hand corner, the View from the Gladys Street is on there as well. And we are also on Spotify for Spotify subscribers. Gents, it's uh, been great. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll certainly have you back on again. And hopefully we can get three points on Saturday afternoon against Bournemouth. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. You've been listening to The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.